We're talking about the infinite power mm -hmm. of joy. And again, some of the things that I've been sharing is getting prepared for this end time series and what's going to happen. It's going to be a great time for the body of Christ that knows what the Holy Spirit is telling them to do. And, and we're going to be obedient to him. We're going to go out of here in a blaze of glory. But in the midst of it, there are going to be things that are going to get our attention, that circumstances, situations. I've said this many times. If you lived in San Francisco, Chicago, or New York, or Sudan, yes. especially the northern part of the Sudan, certain parts of Africa, you better be led by the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You better not be going out on the streets anytime you want. It's not like living in Lafayette, Indiana. But the days are going to change. But we're going to talk tonight about the power of joy. And that it's medicinal, it is strengthening, it absolutely changes our composite makeup in our physiological body and our spirit. And that we all need to laugh more, smile more, and be ready so that we release what is really already in us. I know I need to laugh more and and and. Do you think you need? What are you laughing at me for? Oh, right? here we go. Hallelujah. I need to laugh more, too. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15, verse 11. <laughs> what, what does it mean to you to be? You need to laugh more. I can take care of that. Yeah, I, God I will know. help me. God will give me some stuff to get you going. My wife yeah. laughs at me all the time. Then she says I'm not funny. It just is contradictory. Uh. It doesn't make sense. John chapter 15. <laughs> Husbands, this is what I have found out. Most women marry men because they make them laugh. It's a, it's a scientific survey that I've done. <laughs> and I have the percentages in my mind to back yeah, it up. Right, yeah. And I'm serious. I'm serious. And, and then after we get married, they, they say it's not funny, but it is funny. What do you think about John? I'm thinking about what you said tonight. We were getting ready to come to church and he's, he's always tries to be funny. He really does. But, uh, I was saying that my dad, uh, was my, my father, for those of you that are visiting, he's there in assisted, uh, living and he, he has to go to uh, a doctor named Dr. Do. <laughs> and Bill said, are you sure it's not Dr. Do, Dr. Da? <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> It's not Dr. Da. And then I realized what he was trying to do. Do da, do da. You know. Or he said, maybe it's Dr. Day. You know, Dr. Do, Dr. Da, Dr. Day. Who is it? And I was laughing so hard. It makes him happy if I laugh. Hallelujah. And I believe it makes God happy, you know, when it says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And that's not about just uh, laughing because somebody's funny. It's because there's a joy inside of us. And, and the thing that I, uh, as I was working on this message that, that my husband gave me this morning, I was looking at this article that he gave me, and it says that the endorphins that are released from joy give relief to chronic pain, help to relieve stress, and promote functioning of the immune system. And, you know, I've heard always that in the Word of God is everything that we need to have life. Everybody say life. And it says in John 6 that he's given us the word of God. It is spirit and it gives life. And, I, and today it was uh, really something I picked up my, this is my daily devotional, Faith to Faith, by Brother Copeland. And it says, it's for, I think, tomorrow maybe, but it says God's medicine. God's medicine is his word. 
And so, you know, if we take healthy doses of the word of God, that we will be whole and complete, not just no scripture, but it will actually physically uh, make us uh, healthy. And how many people do you know that are going to the doctor for something these days? I mean, just the stress, the things in the world. In fact, a lot of the things that people are going to physicians for are because of stress and, and situations that they're in that have now produced physical situations. But the Bible gives instruction on how to relieve stress and how to get rid of anxiety and all those things. So when you take high doses of the word, the other thing it says is you won't get addicted to anything that can really hurt you. Isn't that true? There's a lot of people that are taking high doses of a lot of things, trying to get past what they're involved in. But if you take high doses of the Word of God, it will benefit you in every area of your life. And so uh, tonight's message, I believe, is critical to the body of Christ for where we're at today, because there are a lot of people who are struggling in their health in the day we're living in. We're going to give you a little background on on, uh, endorphins, and then we're going to talk about the Word of God, because scientifically, your mind is full of endorphins. They're stored in your mind. And endorphins are like a... uh, There's a... The word is uh, something... Well, morphine and something else, it, it, medically, it, it, it's two words combined, endorphins. But what releases endorphins in, in your body is a joyful countenance, uh, a, a laughter, a smile, things of that nature release endorphins that go to the nerve endings in your body that are like an opiate in that area. It's kind of a feel-good type thing. So that when you're going through a disappointment, one of the best things that you can do is to get joy. Now, you don't do that. Most of us lose our joy when we go through a disappointment or become a discouraged. Would you not say that's correct? Mm-hmm. Everybody raise your hand if you say that's me. But <laughs> just the opposite should be true. When we are going through a disappointment, when we are going through a discouraging time, we need to get our joy released that is in us. Not in what happened, no way, but the joy of the Lord that belongs to us so that the endorphins begin to flow and so that we don't put stress on our immune system so that we don't affect our body in an adverse way. When you're going through disappointment, you need to be strengthened. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need to be strengthened. I need to be strengthened. So when you're going through, we know the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we'll talk about that scripture in just a moment. So when you're going through a disappointment, you need to get built up in your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the good news is, and we're going to talk about scripture in just a moment, you have all the joy that you ever need. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got it all. You've got it all. If you're here and you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior and you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you have joy already. I picked up uh, uh, Jack today. I hope you don't mind me telling this story. But I picked up Jack today <laughs> at the swimming pool. He was over there with his mother and, and uh, our granddaughter, uh, Annabelle. And when I picked him up, I said, well, it has nothing to do with endorphins. But it did. Well, yeah, what did? Because I started laughing. But, but when, I, when I picked him up, I said, Jack, you're just tired hanging out in the swimming pool, aren't you? And I knew what happened. He said, Mom, I'm tired being here. It's hot. And she said, you're, you're, you're going to stay here or you can walk to Pop's house. And so he called me up because I knew he didn't want to walk. <laughs> so I said, do you want me to come pick you up? And he said, well, that would really be nice. And so I picked him up. So... 
I saw two cars there. I saw the mom's car, uh, uh, and I saw Annabelle's car there. And I said, okay, I'm the third one to be called. So when I got there, and I said, how's everything going? I said, you having a good sermon? He said, yeah, I really am. And I said, you're sleeping in late, and, and I'm sorry if I'm going to tell a story about you. And he said, yeah. And I said, is it going good? And he said, well, yeah, but that Annabelle, she can be a little cranky sometimes. I said, oh, oh your sister? He says, yeah. He says, you never know who's going to wake up. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, she's got six personalities. <laughs> I am absolutely cracking up in this car. Just a moment before, I was in my office contemplating some things, and they were just not going the way they should. In about a 20-second or 20-minute span, I am cracking up, laughing, and have no care in the world other than thinking, I wonder which personality Annabelle woke up with this morning. <laughs> But really, this is what it says. Laughter is a great form of stress relief, and that's no joke. Now, what I'm reading to you is coming from the Mayo Clinic. This is the Mayo Clinic, okay? Laughter is a great form of stress relief, and that's no joke. A good laugh has short-term effects. When you start to laugh, it doesn't just lighten your load mentally. It actually induces physical changes in your body. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, muscles, increases the endorphins that are released by your brain, touches every part of your body. Laughter also can stimulate circulation, aid muscle. Muscle relaxation, by which will help reduce some of your physical symptoms and stress. Let me see all the people who have stress from time to time. Turn, turn to them and just say, laugh more. Jack. Laugh more. Laugh more. God's got a sense of humor. How many believe God's got a sense of humor? If you don't think God's got a sense of humor, just look at the person next to you. You can see the sense of humor God has. Now, then it goes on to say, negative thoughts manifest into chemical reactions that can affect your body by bringing more stress into your system. Laughter and lightheartedness and joy will release all of it. Laughter will ease pain by causing the body to produce its natural painkillers. Laughter may also break the pain spasm cycle known to some as muscle disorder. Laughter will make a difference and help you cope with every difficult situation you will ever encounter. Now, the situation you encounter is not the thing you're laughing at. No. It's not the thing that's bringing you joy. It's probably bringing you severe disappointment and discouragement. But in the midst of it all, we have the joy of the Lord, and it is our strength. And Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 11, I give you my joy so that your joy may be full. So is your joy full? Yes. Regardless of what you look like or act like or talk like, you have the fullness of joy. Yes. And God has assigned me to bring it out. I know he has. When I see it diminish. Yes, I know he has. <laughs> In fact, he does live by that. If I look the least bit sad, he has to do something to try to make me laugh. And sometimes he makes me mad. <laughs> have any of you ever been there? How many of you know when you're really struggling, you know, uh, the person who thinks they're a comedian is not your favorite person in the whole world. And uh, but he does. And for some reason, ever since I met uh, Bill, he, he can make me laugh just by looking at me. And it's embarrassing, you know, because one time we were at my sister's and I don't know what he said to the guys that were there. Oh, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> But he said, watch this. I can make her laugh 
you know, watch, watch this. And so I come out there and, and my family's there and he says, uh, Hey honey. And he looked at me and I just started cracking up. And these two nephews of mine are going, Whoa, how did you do? How'd you get her to do that? I mean, what'd you do? He didn't do it. It's just something that he does that gets me hysterically laughing. And I have a sister who does the same thing to me. And my husband used to say to me, why do you travel with her? Because when I travel, it's supposed to be somebody that's going to help me and take care of me. My sister doesn't even know if we're on the plane or the right plane. I mean, the minute we get to the airport, she gives me all the tickets and says, hold on to these. I don't want to lose anything. And then from then, that's the way the whole trip is crazy with her. But I laugh so hard. I mean, she has gotten me in some really embarrassing situations but it it turned I mean I get to laughing so hard pretty soon it's so funny you forget how disastrous we what what's really happening to us and so you know there are people who have gift to make people laugh you know uh you know there's people who actually get paid to be comedians but uh I married one and I have a sister who's one and so I am covered you know the Lord has really helped me and if you don't believe me you can ask Heather or anybody in the office, I, I, tonight I called in here and I said to Megan, oh, she's on a roll, isn't she? I could hear her cackling, laughing. Everybody in the room was laughing. I don't know what she did, but that gives us strength. Amen. And it does help us in situations that can be very strenuous. But after I read all this material that Bill gave me, I thought, well, that's why God said a merry heart, everybody say a merry heart does good like a medicine. And it's hard to have a merry heart in some of the circumstances. We've been through some very tough circumstances over the years. And uh, you, that's something like Sharon Doherty, the pastor that we were under in Tulsa, the Lord used to say to her, Sharon, get up and sing. She said, I don't feel like singing. He said, get up and sing anyway. Well, why? Because when she'd worship the Lord, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And so in some of her most desperate situations, she would tell stories about how God would have her get up and start singing and dancing and praising the Lord. But what does the word of God say? That he will inhabit those praises. What does that mean? His presence will come. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And so, you know, when we obey the word of God in this arena, uh, and God's already put it in us, when we link up with that, just like when we link up with love or peace or anything else God's put in there, it brings a a different perspective. Everybody say perspective. It can change your perspective. And and what you said was Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine <clears throat> that is totally scriptural and it is totally backed up by, backed up by medical personnel and research that has been done what we just read now so those endorphins and things like that but we all are carriers and can be like that there are some people i know the personality traits the sanguines and people like that that that's your sister you know they walk in a room and I'm on stage, you know. Uh, most of us aren't sanguines. Most of us are different types of personalities. But the joy, we mm-hmm. all have the same amount of joy, joy, and that we can be contagious and infectious with that joy everywhere that we go. You know, you usually think to infect somebody is a bad word, but everywhere you go, you have the ability to impart joy to people. Maybe you won't even be around them long enough other than to give them a smile. But in this world today, I do this a lot. I really do. And some people look at me like I'm weird that don't know me. But if I, I like to walk up to people that aren't smiling and smile at them. 
and they'll look at it like, you know what they eventually do? They start to smile back. Or they walk away from you and think, this guy is weird. But, but, but you have the ability yes. to get people to smile. When you start to smile, you're releasing endorphins even with a smile. And when Jesus said in John 16, 22, 24, John 17 and 13, he said, I've come to give you my joy so that your joy will be full. He said, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. John 17, 13 says, but now I come to you in these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus wants his joy filled in your life. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's already been done. So let's say it. I have all the joy. I have all the joy. I will ever receive. I will ever receive. But in some people, it's like a dam. I can't remember how I said it. You said I couldn't say it. No, you can't. Okay. But it was a really neat phrase. Using the word damn yeah, uh-huh. in a double connotation. <laughs> yeah. It was so cool. And she said, you cannot say that in church. How yeah. many really want to hear it? No. <laughs> it was really good. I'm I am the it. Holy Spirit when I get I'm going to use it someday. But that damn needs to be broken. Yes. Darn it. And we need to really <laughs> be able to let that flow. I told you I wouldn't use that word. I know. And we need to let it flow everywhere that we go. <laughs> the only reason in Israel that the Dead Sea is dead is because it doesn't have an outlet. Mm-hmm. It is, so to speak, damned up. But darn it, we need to let our... <laughs> Oh, Annabelle, Damned don't tell up your joy flow. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Yes. This is going to be a so hard thing to edit. We need to let it flow. We need to let it you flow. Do, you've been letting stuff flow for a long time. Let the right <laughs> stuff flow now. Let the joy of the Lord flow. Yes. People don't need a piece of your mind. They need to experience your joy. Yes, they do. You know why people don't need a piece of your mind? Yeah, because mine's... Well, because you lose all your pieces. There you go. Very good. <laughs> Very good. You've been around me for a while. I have. <laughs> okay. Are you looking for something? Or yes, you just I wanted to say something. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Everybody say the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in you, so you have his fruit. And this is where a lot of people uh, have a challenge, and and I did in the very beginning of my walk until I heard somebody teach on the fruit of the Spirit and realized that I have within me all these fruits. I make a choice. Everybody say, make a choice. To yield to those fruit as I need them. See, God gives us tools. That's why this word is so wonderful, because it gives us all the tools we need to live the life God called us to live, which is an abundant life. Everybody say abundant. And and there are days where it doesn't seem abundant, but everything we have need of is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Everybody say, no law. And that means that all of these uh, operate by grace. They don't operate by a legal system. They don't operate because somebody said, be happy. You know, isn't there a song, you know, da-da, be happy or something? Yeah. 
but but how many of you know people telling you to do something doesn't change who you are it's what god said i will be your god you will be my people and that i will come and live in your heart yeah. what does that mean i'm going to rule your life he's still going to rule our lives but he's going to do it from inside rather than outside but we have to tap into what's on the inside every one of us has all of these things look at your neighbor and say you have all those yeah. you have all those yeah. but but we have to choose or yield so that those manifest and jesus said in john 14 i've really been thinking about this scripture a lot he said i will manifest myself to you if you love me and obey me well, what does that mean? Well, that means we have to do do it his way. We have to obey what he says. And so we have to yield to that love, yield to that peace, and yield to the joy even when we don't feel like it. How many of you know your feelings can be up one day and down the next? You know, that's that's what my grandson's actually saying about Annabelle. Now, he's going to be in big trouble because she is his wheels to life, right? <laughs> yep, she is. And he doesn't have any problem saying, will you take me to the igloo? You know, no matter which of the six personalities are manifesting, he will ask to go to the igloo. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and I understand that. How many of you women understand that we can have different personalities at, at any given minute? Uh, men are boring. They just have one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and <laughs> are you talking about obedience and a I said to him, oh, I know what this message is going to be about. It's going to be all the stories about me that make you laugh. Hallelujah. When he said joy. But, you know, that joy that God gives us is an internal thing. You know, please hear us tonight. It's not external. I mean, if you're waiting on everything in your life to make you smile, you, you may not be smiling for many days. Uh, you know, maybe seriously, you know, I, I went over to see my dad tonight at the at the place where he lives and he's sitting in his chair and I said how you doing daddy he said well I woke up this morning I couldn't figure out what day I was on well that could make me really sad you know just to see my dad like that but I believe that God gives me joy so that I can manifest joy to him you know and smile at him and say well it's a good thing you got somebody around here like mom to tell you what day you're on isn't it <laughs> he says, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we manifest. Everybody say, we manifest. We manifest what Jesus put in us when we submit to what he says and not what we feel. And this is the kind of joy we're talking about here. And people should want what we have, really, as, yes. as Christians full of the power of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It should be manifest, all of the fruits in our life, but especially joy. People should look at us and say, why are you always so happy? Don't you have problems? Don't you have challenges? Sure, just like you do, but we view them differently. See, joy will not change the circumstance that you're facing. But joy will change the way you look at your circumstance. It will not affect you emotionally. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You can be led by your emotions or you can let the fruit of the spirit of joy absolutely inundate you. And that's what James, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 3, or verse 2, it says, count it all joy. Yes. I told my, <laughs> Jack again, but Jack got the wrong scripture. Jack, Jack came out. <laughs> Jack was over last night at our house too. We get, we, we, we find out a lot about our children. One day we we're driving down the street, Pam and I, we had three of our grandkids in the back 
back seat and I said, hey, how are your parents doing? Oh, my goodness. I should have never said that. They all, they were from three different families. They started telling me stories. I had to stop them. I had to say, please don't tell us anymore. And they want to say, yeah, well, you want to know about my dad. Let me tell you something. And I think, no, 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 no more, no more, please. So, but Jack is over and he said, he said, mom, my mom got up the other day and she is really having a bad day. She was really, she was really having a bad nap, he said, bad nap. <laughs> I said, well, what are you doing? He said, oh, nothing. I wouldn't do anything. And I said, well, the next time you just um, tell her, Mom, you just need to meditate on James 1, 2, <laughs> count it all joy. So, so he says, okay. So he practiced it a couple times. Well, about an hour later, Lori came over to pick him up, and she walked in the house. He said, Mom, you just need to meditate a little bit more on James 1, 2. She says, what does it mean, Jack? He says, I don't know. <laughs> I said, Jack, I think we lost the moment. <laughs> uh, you know he what grandkids are? Yeah. Grandkids are the chance to pay back your children. <laughs> now, here's what it's, James says, count it all joy. Yes, when you encounter. Not, not the thing that happened, but Lord, I'm going to count this as joy. I'm not going to lose my joy over this because it is my strength. That's Nehemiah 8.10, by the way. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And in Psalms... 1611, or is it Proverbs? Psalm 1611, in the, that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So where is the presence of the Lord right now? It's in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's all say, I have it all. I have it all. So tell your neighbor, I have all the joy. I have all the joy. And that it's through his presence, it's through that that, that feeling that we finally have a revelation, it has to be a revelation. It cannot be a teaching. It cannot be a mental ascent. It has to be a revelation that in us, we have joy. In us is, the, is our heart, and our heart is full of blood, and it's pumping, hopefully, the way it should be, and it's moving all through our body, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's cleansing our body. And we know that from a physiological standpoint. We have the joy of the Lord in our body and in our mind, and it's ready to release the endorphins that give us this real sense of power, like an opiate. That's what it talks about. It's like an opiate, and I've never done opiates or opium or anything like that, but it is like a drug that gets into your body, and it's kind of a feel-good type thing. Yeah, and, you know, everybody wants to feel good. How many of you wake up in the morning saying, I sure hope I have a really bad day today? I mean, I've been waiting all week to have just one bad day. We all wake up wanting to experience joy, but it has a lot to do with what we feed ourselves when we first wake up. And, you know, I can remember I taught a class for junior high girls uh, years ago, and, and I was supposed to teach them on, you know, being a young woman and all of this. And, and so, I, you know, when they got up in the morning, the first thing they do is go look in the mirror. And, you know, they, they see everything wrong with themselves. I mean, that's adults as well. How, how many of you have ever gone, looked in the mirror and thought, oh, boy? I remember my sister, Chris, called me up one morning. She said, oh, I looked in the mirror, and I have another wrinkle. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got, they're growing everywhere. They're everywhere. She said, the whole body's just going downhill, all of it. And <laughs> I was cracking up. I don't even see wrinkles because they gave me cataract surgery, and I can't see close. It's a miracle. 
It's a miracle of God. Now, the problem is you can't pluck your eyebrows, ladies, when you can't see close because you can't get under your bifocals and get the pluckers up there at the same time. But she sees wrinkles all the time. She was seeing wrinkles. Well, now she's quit doing that because she knows that that's not good for her to see the wrinkles. But, you know, we're not supposed to look at those things that take us away from what God has put in us. We're supposed to rejoice and say, thank you, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No matter who is looking at you out that mirror. Fearfully, because that's what God says about you. And, and when we begin to say those kind of things, that's what it means by in his presence is fullness of joy. And so the way we get up and start our day, and I would tell those girls, you know, you, if you're having a bad hair day, you, you can't have it all day till you go to bed. I mean, you may have a bad hair day. Some of the ladies will know what I'm talking about. You know, you just have that day where it just won't do, you know, when you want to go to the beauty shop and say, cut it off. You know, all your hair. And and so, but you can't let that affect you all day long or you'll never be what people need to see in you for that day. And it'll distract you from really fulfilling what God wants you to be. Uh, my little granddaughter here, Annabelle, she's very joyful. She's very joyful. And she's joyful all the time, really. I don't know where Jack's getting the six moods. But if you woke up at their house with two brothers in junior high, you could wake up with maybe ten different moods, depending on the morning. Yeah, amen. And so, you know, but, but you have to choose. Everybody say you have to choose. You have to choose to not make it about other people, not make it about the way you look, not make it about what you've got to do that day, but make it about who God made you to be. And when you look at yourself, begin to see what God really created in you. And that will give you joy. And then the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Now, some people, but by the way, I don't, I'm not concerned about bad hair days, but I, I can understand how you ladies yeah. do. But, but some people, uh, they don't appreciate your joy at the moment, but you still need to share your joy. Turn to your neighbor and say, never back down. Never back down. Now, Pam tells a story now that she thinks is funny, but at the time, the look she gave me was the look of a dagger coming because she had decided to go through a work zone in Lebanon. I, I didn't decide and got the to the biggest ticket that I've ever seen in my life. I didn't decide to break the law. She broke the law. I did, but I didn't decide to. Yeah, but it, but you broke the law. I you know, can't I did. Break the law. I did. I did. How much was that ticket? $450. $450. We're going to take a second offering shortly here. No, that was a long, that was a long, that was a long time ago. No, you know what don't, he did? You don't know, leave. Don't. You know what he did? I had to go to court. Well, that, that's what, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm going to let you share. So, so, so anyway, she said, would you go to court with me? And I said, why do I have to go? You're the one that broke the law. And, and she said, I want you to go with me. And it's some little podunk town. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say podunk. Yeah. No, Thorntown. It's a Thorntown. small town. It's very small. Well, somebody might be from Thorntown. Well, I know, but it's just Thorntown small. Thorntown is a really podunk. nice town. It's just small. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, I said, I will go with you. So we're sitting there and you can pick it up. Well, we went in and the guy, you know, we walk in this room and this guy goes from being whatever he was at the moment to being the judge. But he's also part of the fire department and part of this. And I mean, he's got like six jobs, you know. And so Bill's, Bill's sitting there. I should have never taken him. I was there to help. Yeah, you were. Uh, 
what happened was it was really early in the morning and I was going, you know, when they were working on all the roads, if you go down 65 in Lebanon, and I came off of 52, and when I came off, I didn't see the sign that said uh, 45 blinking because I came around a semi to get, you know, because you know how they, they're right there and there's one behind you and one front. And so I whipped into the other lane to try to get around him, and the policeman was sitting right at the bottom of the hill, and he zapped me, and I hadn't even, I didn't even see construction. It wasn't even there. It was way on down the road. The ignorance of the law is no excuse. I know, I know. So, I already heard the sermon. So, uh, and anyway, I missed it. So I said to my friend riding with me, I was, she's a missionary, Sherry Peterson, I was taking her back to the airport, and I said, Oh, look, that policeman is after someone. And she, <laughs> and she said, oh, well, we better pull over. So I, you know, I got in the other lane and I got over and, and I said, well, I think he's after us. And she said, well, what did we do? I said, I have no clue. I don't know what I did. So he comes up. Well, in the state of Indiana, da, 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 you know, and it, we got a new work zone law. And I could go to jail if it had been your second offense. So listen. I just go slow. They nearly run over me. People give me all signs of gestures, hand gestures. But when it says 45, I go 45 because I paid $450. And I want to roll my window down and say, you want to pay $450? Keep going fast. But, but anyway, so I, I, and I called my nephew Rodney, who's a deputy up here, and said, I've, I've been pulled over and the man's back there and he's, he's not happy. And um, he, I said, what should I do? He said, just say yes and take the ticket. I said, you, I can't do anything? He goes, no, Aunt Pam, you can't do anything. Goodbye. And so we, that's how we end up in court. you got to go to court and pay the ticket. So now this man is sitting there, and he tells me about how bad I was and how many people get killed, which is true. I mean, I felt bad. But, you know, he, he gave me that whole story and how he was a fireman, too, and, and he's seen things, and, and I listened to everything, and I said, okay. And... Um, I, I didn't know whether he was gonna, what he was going to do to me. And uh, he said, that'll be $450. And my husband says, is there any way she can work this off somehow? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy didn't look like it was... I mean, at first, he wasn't funny. Until Bill said that, he cracked up. And he... And Bill said, well, we're pastors. And uh, he said, I just thought maybe there's a way she could work off the ticket, you know, rather. And, and the guy said, well, there is a church right behind us. And we could call over there and see if she could do some janitor work tonight. <laughs> I mean, when I got him out of there, I was ready to just chop him. I said, you will never go with me to a jail again. <laughs> Well, I'm not going either, but hallelujah. It was not, that was not a funny experience because of you. I was already scared. And then he said that, and I thought, that isn't funny. This is court. Did you hear how stern he is? He shines those big white teeth, and the guy just cracks up. It's really funny with him. Experiences can bring heaviness. But the joy of the Lord will lift the heaviness. The experience won't go away, and the situation won't go away, and no matter how far he laughed, we still paid four hundred and some dollars. But the experience really did begin to lift just a little bit. And and I have learned this over the years. And when I first learned it, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that joy was a strength, not just a scripture. 
it was something that if I could be full of joy in the midst of a very difficult situation, I was strengthened to go through it and not to pull back from it. And that when I found out that that was the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, that I had all of the joy that I needed and that I could face the situation with despair and disappointment and eventual discouragement, or I could face the situation with joy, realizing that for most people I would seem weird, but for me I would be strengthened in the process. Does that make sense to anybody here? If it makes sense to you, raise your hand. So, okay, so, so, so that is the ability that we have. Don't let anyone steal your joy. The devil wants to steal your joy. Because he knows if he can get your joy, there's a breakdown in your defense system of the fruit of the Spirit, and you don't lose the fruit of the Spirit, but it's diminished in your life, so he's free to attack. Years ago, uh, Jerry Seville wrote a book, and, and, and the title of the book was, If the Devil Can't Steal Your Joy, He Can't Steal Your Goods. But in the book, he said, but if he can steal your joy, he can eventually peck away at everything that you have because he knows that once he attacks you in certain areas, you'll lose your joy. And there are some people that have areas in their life where they, they lose their joy quickly. Well, the devil is not, he's defeated, but he's not dumb. He's very smart. And if he knows what will steal your joy... That's exactly where he's coming, and he'll do it time and time and time again, honey. And that's why when you're around people, and you know, you walk up to them sometimes and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah. And say, oh, I don't think you're doing fine. Oh, yes, I really am. No, tell me. And then they, they tell you. Well, it's obvious. You can tell by looking in their eyes they've lost their joy. You, you can look in a person's eyes and tell because the eyes are the windows of the soul. So when you look at somebody and you see that deadness in their eye, which we've all had from time to time, you can say, oh, they're going through something. They've lost their joy. And I, I know this from doing funerals. I, I love to do funerals because, number one, it's an opportunity to make sure that people go into heaven when you give that altar call. And number two, I know that when you're doing a funeral... If you can introduce laughter into the funeral, you're going to change the heaviness that exists. Horrible funerals that we have done. I mean, when I say horrible, I mean tragic situations. But yet in the midst of it somewhere, you can introduce something that will bring a joy and somewhat of a lightheartedness into that situation. And you can actually feel that despair begin to lift because there's a heaviness in the spirit that tries to come. All of us face disappointment and face discouragement and people that die prematurely and we don't understand it. But yet in the midst of that, no matter how horrible it is, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We go through Matthew 24, 2 Timothy chapter 3, as we approach the end times, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We are not moved by the American economy. We are not moved by any economy. We are, we are, are focused upon Jesus, and nothing is going to take away our joy. We are going out of here with fullness of joy. And, you know, uh, joy in the midst of the storm is so critical because it actually, uh, I know we sang that song tonight about, it, you know, you yeah. get strength when you wait upon the Lord. But when you wait upon the Lord, uh, when, when we've done funerals and we've done a lot of funerals in all the years we've been in ministry, um, over the years, I've been to other funerals. And it seems like to me, when you give people a chance to share about their loved one, 
and people get up and begin to tell stories of things that they experience with their loved ones. And they begin to experience those good things that happen, even a lot of times a funny story or something that somebody did. Uh, you can begin to see the spirits of the people sitting there begin to lift. Everybody say lift. Why is that? Because of the joy of the Lord that's on the inside of us. It's a, a medicine. Everybody say a medicine. Uh, I remember years ago when uh, Kenneth Copeland was preaching and God began to teach him on grief. And he said, you know, he didn't know at the time, but uh, in, in the process, the Lord told him that his mother was going to be going home. And he was teaching him about grief and how not to let a spirit of grief get on his life because it would imprison him and make him become hard-hearted. And, and then he wouldn't be able to receive the medicine of the Holy Spirit that would heal his heart. And, and it is hard when we lose people we love or we see people we love in situations that we don't want them to be in. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to release that on the inside of us, it actually it gives us strength, but it also brings healing. It also brings healing, and it brings life to where there's been death. And, and I've watched that over the years. I, you know, the church I was raised in, uh, in a funeral, the only one who talked was the minister. And, you know, the, the scripture sometimes would be, well, we never know, you know, God gives and he takes. And God, you know, I just saw God as this awful God that, you know, you never knew. How could you trust somebody that you don't know if they're going to take today or give today? Which, which is it going to be? But over the years, as I've learned the word of God, the devil is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so, yes, all of us, the Bible says there's an appointed time that people die. But there are times when things happen that we don't, can't explain. But the Holy Spirit through that joy that he's put on the inside of us. Not, uh, I'm happy somebody died or I'm happy this happened, but the joy that will heal. Everybody say heal. It's a healing virtue that God put on the inside of us that every one of us has to tap into. And that's what the Lord told Brother Copeland. In order to not get a spirit of grief, he had to tap into these things that God had put on the inside of him. The peace the joy, the love, the things that God had put on the inside of him. And so I encourage all of you, you know, uh, we don't ever go in and we celebrate the life of a person that has passed and gone on to heaven. We celebrate their life. And we, we always ask if there's anybody who wants to share a story. If they don't, then usually the people have shared a story. And we begin to tell them. And you can just feel the life of God begin to rise up in that place. Does it change the fact they're going to miss them? Does it change the fact that they cry sometimes? No. But the joy, everybody say the joy of knowing where they are, that knowing they're with Jesus, the experience of that, right? Charmaine, it holds you through that place of not allowing the enemy to do something with that that's going to be destructive. You know, honey, as you were talking about funerals and, and, and things, I don't know why, but I was thinking some of you have heard this story, I know, but in, in light of the message that we're preaching tonight. But years ago when we were out there in Tulsa, I received a call from, from Pastor Doherty. And again, some of you have heard this story, but he asked, said, would you please go to the hospital? Or his secretary called, said, would you please go to the hospital? There's a lady up there that wants to be anointed with oil. 
And I said, fine, I've never done it before, but I've seen it done, so it can't be that hard. So I'm ready to go up to the hospital and pray for this lady. So I grab the oil, and I'm on the way up there. And so as I walk into the room, three sisters are standing beside her bed, and she's laying there on the bed, dying of cancer. And, uh, and oh, Bill, Pastor Bill, we're so glad you came. And, and I said, well, Pastor Doherty asked me to come, and so I'm there in his name. And so I've, I pull out the anointing oil, and, and they say, you're going to anoint her with oil now? And I said, yes. And they were just standing by her bed and and so I, I shook it a little bit and I put it on her head and I began to pray and just didn't do what anointing oil does and uh, it didn't there's no oil on her forehead and so I shook it again and pretty soon I started smelling this aroma in this room and it was just a huge huge smell of like a perfume and I looked again and I had grabbed Pam's vial of perfume by mistake <laughs> A so I did not sampler. have sampler. I did not have anointing oil. I had perfume, and I'd shaken it several times and put it all over her forehead. The three sisters, this is my first time out of the chute to pray and anoint somebody with oil. The three sisters standing next to I, I am horrified. The three sisters standing next to her say, and I, this is the absolute truth, let's praise the Lord. I smell the anointing of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And they begin to lift their hands and sing. I am mortified thinking, how can I get out of this room? They're singing praises to the Lord and inhaling the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I finally said, thank you, ladies, and left. They thanked me profusely. I am walking to the elevator absolutely destroyed. I'm serious. I got in the elevator, and I said, oh, Lord, help. <laughs> and at that moment, I started laughing. And I laughed, and I laughed until I started crying. And I laughed and cried all the way to the car and finally realized it has to get better after this. <laughs> But, you know, it was the joy of the Lord that was there because God knows our heart. Yeah. Yeah. And really what we need to do is determine, you know, how do we see ourselves? Are you a person full of joy? And more importantly, how do other people, how would they describe you? Would they describe you as a mm -hmm. person full of joy? And if you're ready to manifest it, number one, we've got four things we want to share with you. What's number one, honey? Yield to the joy that's already in you, which we've talked about. So when I come around and I don't see joy, all I'm doing is trying to stir up that dam that's in yep, there. Yep, that's right. I mean, remove the dam. Yeah. Uh -huh. Darn it. <laughs> number two, number two, yield to a smile. Listen, yield to a smile and begin to count everything as joy. Everybody get your best smile. Okay. Everybody can smile. You don't have to have your teeth showing when you smile. You can have your teeth showing. You don't have to. Anybody can smile. Everybody smile. Turn your neighbor. Okay. You have a pretty smile. Okay, what's number three? Believe that God wants you to manifest the joy of his son. Do you believe that? Yes. Absolutely. Annabelle, God wants you to manifest the joy of the Lord to everybody, right? Yep. Including, <laughs> including, oh, no, no, I, knew, I didn't mean that. Including your three brothers. Yeah. No, wait, you have two brothers. You have two. Two is plenty, two isn't it? <laughs> well, whoever's at your house, show them joy. And what's number four? Share that joy with everyone you come into contact with. Now, this is really important. You'll be thinking about what you're going through and the challenges you have instead of operating with the joy of the Lord that is your strength. 
And that person that you're in contact with in your sphere of influence needs the joy of the Lord coming upon them from you because we don't know what they're going through. We shouldn't be concerned about ourselves. No. We should always be concerned who's the next person I can infect with a smile, with my joy, with my effervescence, with my... <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that's enough. Um, I, I, do you want to hear one more funeral story that's absolutely hilarious? My husband, uh, when he, we were in Tulsa, his, one of his very first funerals, Pastor Billy Joe called down and said, I can't, can you go to a funeral with me? And my husband said yes, because he had never really done one up to this time. And so he said, uh, well, this is what I, uh, I'll meet you and we'll go together. Well, then he called last minute and said, and this is a large church of about 7,000 people. I don't know what happened, but he couldn't go. So he had his secretary call down and say to Bill, could you just go do the funeral for me? Well, you know, Bill's never done a funeral. So he's nervous, gathering everything up, getting ready, you know. And, and had a car. Yeah, he didn't have a car either. We had one car. It was a diesel. It was, it was trash. And so I came from home and picked him up. And we take off down Memorial, one of the big streets in Tulsa. I go, where are we going? He goes, I forgot to ask. <laughs> We're on our way to a funeral that we don't even know where it is. Now, the good news is that the Holy Ghost had somehow got us on the right street, but we were way far away. So we had to pull in a gas station. This is before cell phones. And I had to, he made me call Pastor Billy Joe's secretary and say, could you give me the address of the funeral home? <laughs> Not, we don't know where we're going, but could you just give me the, so I get the address. We, we, it's on that road. So we go down there. Long story short, the funeral's over. And, you know, we, we've never really done this, but they, there's the hearse, then the minister, or whoever's doing the service, and then the family car. And they have put our precious diesel car after the hearse before the family car. Now, Pastor Bill and I both know that when you start it, a giant cloud of black smoke engulfs everything that's behind it. It is horrible. And he doesn't want to start the car. <laughs> And I'm looking at him. I go, we have to start the car. We we're hold up the whole train. <laughs> and I mean, we were both scared <laughs> to start the car. And so finally he started. And sure enough, <laughs> the black smoke covered not just the family car, but about four on back. <laughs> oh, God. I just prayed nobody call Pastor Billy Joe and tell him, what we did. <laughs> and, you know, how many of you know the joy of the Lord is your strength? Because he still had to go to the graveyard and say something, you know. And we have now doused these people in god-awful smoke. I'm, I'm telling you, it had a real problem. You know, it was somebody let a big toot, and it went... <laughs> I'm sure those people in that white pretty car back there wondered what happened. <laughs> Oh, that was so funny. Pontiac Safari Station Wagon. Yeah. Let's all stand. Biggest piece of junk I've ever owned in my life. Sold to me by a good old Christian man who said, oh, you're going to love it, Bill. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> oh, Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? The most serious part and the most important part of any service is when the opportunity comes for people who do not know Jesus to open their hearts and receive him 
and have eternal life. And if you're here tonight and you've never acknowledged Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. The Holy Spirit is crying out to you with the love of God. If you're here tonight and you're like that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter, you, you know your life is not right. You know you've walked away from God. Let tonight be the night that you come home. And all over this church, if you would say, Pastor, you just described me. I know my life isn't right. I know that I need Jesus. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And we're going to pray for you. <clears throat> yes. I see your hands back there in the back. Yes. Yes, I see you. Are there others? You'd say, you've described me. I've never acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Or I've walked away from him. Are there others? You say, pray for me too. I want in on that prayer. Give the Holy Spirit a moment to touch every heart here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you two that lifted your hands to come down here and stand with me. All the way back there in the back, if you'll help us right on the end. Yeah, give them a hand as they come. It's a long walk, I know, but it's a good walk. Yeah, come on down here. Give them a big hand as they come. It's good to have you with us tonight. Stretch your hands out here. And as we pray, honey, go ahead and, and pray for this What's lady. Your name? We're glad. Ramonia. Ramonia, we're glad you're here tonight. Father, I thank you for Ramonia. I thank you for bringing her tonight, and I, I pray that the Word of God says that you will meet our needs, and when we come to you, that you're there to meet us, to help us, to give us answers we don't have. And today, Lord, as she gives her heart to Jesus, or maybe she's just coming back to the things of God and, and, and making a decision, Lord, that, that you would show yourself mighty on her behalf, mighty on her behalf tonight. Would everybody here just pray this with me and pray this with her? Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he loved me and he died for me. Not because of who I am or what I've done, but because he's, God's created me for a purpose. I'm his beloved. He loves me. I thank you, Father, for making a way for me. I've made mistakes. I've made wrong choices. But tonight, I make this choice knowing that Jesus is the answer for my situation. And I thank you. I am going to see a difference in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's, Let's give, give the Lord there. a hand for this lady right here. Come on down, Selma. Now, I'm going to let Pam pray for all of you before we dismiss, but I want you all to make this confession right now. I have, I have fullness, of joy. fullness of joy. I'm not about, I'm not about to, give to give it away. I'm going to share it with everyone, everywhere that I go. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, 
I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.